Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, a bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout. The show is produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. And here on the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. And welcome to episode number 238 of the Foxy Podcast show. Hope you're all doing well out there, wherever you're listening from. On this episode... We're going to be digging into the intriguing musical orbit that surrounds Celluloid Lunch, a zine, record label, and small mail-order outlet based in Montreal that shares a number of overlapping interests with what we're covering here on the show, especially things in the more DIY punk and experimental pop veins. Celluloid Lunch is co-run by partners Joe Shimandi and Elaine Barbier. We're both active musicians in their own right. Joe has played in such bands as The Protruders and Kappa Chow, and more recently plays in the group Feeling Figures and fronts The Retail Simps. Elaine has played in the bands Moss Lime and Fern, and recently she has been releasing solo work under her given name. This past week I had a chance to speak with Joe and Elaine, and we discuss the background of the celluloid lunch label and zine, the various bands and projects that they've been involved in, the music activity that is happening in Montreal, and other future plans. You'll hear that interview in a few different segments throughout the show. And along with that, you'll also hear a bunch of music from the celluloid lunch catalog, Joe and Elaine's projects, and other music from out of Montreal. Before we get into those interview segments, I'm going to play a short block of music drawn from a few of the early releases to come out on Celluloid Lunch, starting with the very first release by one of Joe's projects called Itchy Self. From the release Here's the Rub, this is the song Be What You Be.
started the Celluloid Lunch label in 2020, and I think uh, you know most would agree that 2020 uh, not a great time to be starting labels. Just not, <laughs> wasn't a great time in general, but uh, we won't rehash that. Um, but if I if I have my my information and stuff correct, that you both kind of came to this uh, through some experiences working in in like publishing, in labels stuff, maybe distribution stuff. Again, I'm just kind of piecing together what uh, available information that I found. And was I lurking? No, I was just Googling. I was just Googling. That's all. Um, so so I guess I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what your experiences had been um, and, and perhaps how those experiences informed uh, your decision to get started with, with the label. So um, I had worked uh, in a couple of distribution jobs mm -hmm. and well, I was currently working in one um, FAB, which is in Montreal. Um, and that definitely gave us some perspective on, you know, the logistics side and and like, you know, a way to possibly distribute our records, mm -hmm. uh, at least at the beginning. Um, and prior to that, we had both been involved with releasing some records and stuff, but not really under the guise of an organized label, per se. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just kind of a chance to get our feet wet. And I guess the fact that things had kind of paused, especially for live music and stuff, there was uh, a bit of a window to like refocus our energy. Yeah, and we were also both working on records. Yeah, that we wanted to put out. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. As were our friends. Yeah, was it at that time too? Like right when 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 COVID kind of hit, you were you were sitting on material of your own? Because I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the very first release that you put out, Joe, was that Itchy Self record, which is a, obviously a band that you're involved in. Was that like you had this record? You're like needed an outlet to to put it out there. Was that part of it? I think so. Yeah, I think this was the idea. That and our friends who have a band called Night Lunch had a record that they were trying to figure out how to put out. Mm -hmm. I think those two things were pretty yeah. much the reason we... And my record then. Yeah. And then, yeah, a little right. bit afterwards, right. the Lens record. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the label started in 2020, but Joe, hadn't you been doing the, the zine to prior to this or was that sort of roughly around the, the same period of time that that uh, the celluloid lunch zine began i think the zine started two years before or something because yeah. i i basically moved back to montreal mm -hmm. uh from toronto and then i uh i think i went on oh yeah no then i started the zine pretty much right away but then I went on a little tour with my old band and I met like a lot of people and that's when I decided like, oh, the zine could be, could, you know, go a step further or something. And so the third issue was a bit more robust with more contributors and stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, basically shortly after that, we decided we should just try to do the label. Mm hmm yeah, I was going to say, did did you feel like the, the zine, I mean, obviously it shares a name, uh, but was that a, a pretty key contributing factor as well to, to the label 
I mean, you kind of see those developing in tandem to a certain degree. Well, I mean, it's like a similar set of resources, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so from that point, yeah, they developed in tandem, but they are kind of different, I guess, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of looking at it, it seems as though like the label has much more of a local Canadian regional feel to it, whereas the zine is much broader in scope. I mean, you're covering music that, you know, here in the States and beyond. Uh, is that a fair, fairly accurate uh, description of it? Uh, kind of, but we've done a record for our friends in France. Yeah. Is that the only non-Canadian thing we've done? I think so. I feel yeah, like I think... it's almost accidental that there's a local focus to the label. Mm-hmm. Just because, yeah. like, we work with our friends that live here or around Canada, but I don't think it's like, it's not, it's nothing we've ever discussed. Like, Oh, we want to. No, but not because sometimes we would write down artists we really like, that come from anywhere in the world and we would love to release something for them. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's accidental for sure. But it's just, uh, it was the easiest way. Yeah. And, and I guess just being surrounded by people we think are talented that might not have like any means to figure out how to put, get a record out or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, all things considered, you're still in a relatively new phase. I mean, you're a couple years into it and still kind of, you know, charting your course as a label. What a, but I mean, maybe to continue on this idea of uh, Canadian releases, though, is one of the things that I have found interesting into like the new stuff that you've put out is that you have tackled some of these sort of, I don't know, archival reissue things. Like I'm thinking of that De Slime <laughs> release, which is, is interesting. Uh, is that something that you had considered at all as you, as you were starting off of like, hey, we could do this as a, as a means of, you know, maybe documenting or preserving some of these lesser known artists that maybe people outside of Canada aren't familiar with? Um, I don't think in any sort of like, I don't think there was any like cognizant decision that, oh, we should start doing that. But I guess that ties more in with the zine and just, you know, that stuff's exciting and interesting and Mm -hmm. it's weirdly and there's there's a few great labels who do that in Canada do like specifically reissue and archival releases Mm -hmm. but it's not as I guess in the states it's like things the most obscure things kind of bubble up to the surface pretty quickly yeah just there's there's so many more people involved in I guess this underground music stuff so here it's kind of like things like the stone men they're super known mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, super known with certain people, I guess. <laughs> right, right. It's just like, it's hard to, I guess I like, there's a few people who have tried and stuff and it just, it's hard to get it together because there's not as much infrastructure, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with, with the zine, you, you know, you started that off, but you talked about there's other contributors involved. I mean, have you had sort of a, I don't want to say editorial oversight, that sounds maybe really heavy handed, but like some content control or are you just kind of working amongst friends that 
have a shared, you know, musical interest, aesthetic, what have you? Yeah, more of the second one, I guess. Like, I guess people pitch ideas and then usually I'm just happy that someone's willing to <laughs> work on something. Like, but, you know, yeah, I guess everyone that's contributed are like, for the most part, either people that were around that are our friends that we know well, or people that were influences on even the idea of starting a zine or something yeah. like that, like, or have been supportive and we've kind of found some kind of kindred, you know, uh, interest. Yeah. Yeah. And Glenn, Glenn did an interview. You've contributed a few things. We've, uh, well, we've, the, we've Rose Merci, the French, <coughs> the French band. We co-released the record with a French label. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, but, and uh, my contribu contribution is also packing the envelope yeah. and going to the post office or stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> is that is that something? Uh, are you settling into some type of any publication schedule with that, like per year, or is it just when it happens, it happens at this point? Well, it's been two years or something. Since <laughs> that's the last what I, that's kind of what I was wondering because I was going to say number seven. I think was the last one. That's, that's yeah. been a while. And some of that was like pulling teeth. Okay, yeah. but it but like it just takes so much time. But I do really enjoy doing it. And the Deslime reissue came with like a thirty-five page booklet. Yeah, and that was definitely that occupied some of the same energy that goes into the zine. Yeah. Um and. I'd like to do another one. I've had some people pitch really cool ideas. Haven't seen any follow through yet, but mm -hmm. again, I haven't really followed through with anything. Right. So, so when it happens, it happens. It could be another yeah. two years down the line. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thing that I'll mention though, oh, yeah. cause might as well is, uh, we're working on something really cool that is again, kind of, the same energy that would go into the zine, mm -hmm. which is like a, a compilation of new Montreal bands. Mm. Um, there's nothing really to talk about yet because it's early stages, but sure. it's we're looking at doing a double seven inch with oh, eight no. bands. So, And having it kind of have some of that uh, zine aesthetic, maybe information and stuff that ties into it within the, the seven inch packaging and stuff? I don't know about that, but just more so the fact that it's like kind of pulling from all the talented people around us yeah. and kind of coaxing them into putting something together. Right. Like the Z. Solidifying your, your Montreal ties. I guess, yeah. To something, to a certain degree, or just documenting. There's a lot of uh, really great new bands like in the last few years in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, that was something I definitely wanted to ask. I mean, I, I've always kind of looked at Montreal as being this really kind of forward-thinking musical city, I guess, as an outsider looking in. I mean, I've always seen things, you know, a lot of electronic music and experimental music. Obviously, there's been a, a, a significant garage rock scene like that. I mean, it, it has the, the city itself sort of rebounded coming out of like COVID and bands are out playing and active again and venues happening. I mean, what's, what's kind of the pulse of the city right now? Yeah, there are, it's, there are lots of shows, but you just notice that shows that would have been 
five dollars beforehand before the pandemic on a twenty dollars. But oh, I guess yeah. it's everywhere the same, you know. Yeah. But so you just commit. You go to a show. You know. You even if it's like a tiny old venue that doesn't sound good. You left. I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm like a pessimistic or like a party <laughs> crush. Cheapskate. Cheapskate. <laughs> oh, I hear but, you. Yeah. No, no, but, but and I'm, a, I'm, a, yeah, there are, there are also so many new bands that I didn't, don't know yet. And I've, I've I noticed they've been active for a, a couple years and I'm wondering how come I didn't hear about this band, you know, mm -hmm. because Montreal is so small, you know, it's super active. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. young, like rock is cool again too. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm curious what your favorite bands from Montreal are. Oh, <laughs> or if you're like, because you mentioned that like that Montreal has a specific reputation. I was just I, I think I think I probably this sounds uh, I, maybe I'm like I feel like I'm turning my nose up here, but I feel like as a a longtime reader of the Wire magazine. <laughs> of seeing all of these advertisements for various festivals. And I'm always surprised mm. by these festivals that have occurred, you know, like, and I think a lot of it's probably tied to like Constellation Records and, and artists that are on that uh, roster, but other just like jazz and electronic related things. It's interesting. I don't know if I can just start name dropping. I mean, I think the work that you guys are doing is like right now, my that's why I'm talking to you because I'm, I'm most interested in what you guys are up to. So there, there that's there, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. I mean, you're right. Like, there's, uh, well, it's funny. My day job is at Constellation. Sure. And they're yeah. very supportive of everything we do. Mm -hmm. But there, there is a few festivals like uh, Suoni Peril Popolo and uh, Mutech, which Mute, yeah. I could, I am not the person to talk to about it, but yeah. it's obviously important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is, and Pop Montreal. Helen mm -hmm. used to work for Pop Montreal as well. And, and, and you said there's a, you feel that as though there's a return to, rock and and maybe more of what you're doing i mean is that is that you're f seeing more bands coming up with this sort of like i don't know for lack of a better descriptor like kind of diy punk rock that something along those lines I, um yeah maybe i'm wrong but i feel i feel like this is what i've been noticing like uh, young people playing the guitar and uh, in venues that I didn't know existed the day before, you know, like it's re it's, it's been renewed or something like, I don't know. Yeah. Even like people we know, friends, kids and stuff have bands, but I think it's way less genre specific. Now. Yeah. It's kind of just like throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you're excited by some of this stuff. If you want to document some of these things that are happening on this, you know, forthcoming yeah. seven inch collection some of it excites you but what's coming that's happening in the city right yeah. now yeah i mean to be fair most of the bands involved are going to be like people our age but yeah <laughs> well then but there yeah. could be a volume always, you're setting it yeah, up for volume very, two <laughs> we're very curious about like um the super young bands for instance our friend we were doing some recording yesterday and our friend uh trevor who's an engineer had previously the day before worked with a band of 14 year olds and they recorded like 20 songs in one day. So like, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty curious to hear that. 
That's uh, that's awesome. That's cool to hear kids forming bands and doing all that. So, well, let's let's jump into this first block of music. I'm going to start it off with I, the the most recent thing that you've put out. It's this band Surveillance from out of Halifax, and my God, this is an incredible record. I mean. I, I, as I've listened to it, there's parts of it, like when the, the female vocals kick in, it reminds me of Grant Hart's songs and Husker Du for some reason, then paired with like Dinosaur Jr. And then they just shred on the guitar. Like there is some guitar shredding on this record. Incredible band. Like, do you want to just share a little bit about their history? Because I don't know much about them. Sure. Yeah, I can feel that. Um the the couple that is at the helm of the band is um dave burns and uh rachel well i'll just say dave and rachel because I'm, I'm actually forgetting her the last name <laughs> but um they've been playing music together for like over 10 years and i kind of met them just through playing shows and stuff and um i really like them they're they're really amazing people and as far as songwriting and just like sheer fandom, like I've really connected with Dave about talking about music and et cetera. So it was really cool to, I think I kind of pestered them. Oh, are you guys going to make a new record a couple of times here and there? And we would correspond by letter or mail. Oh yeah. And uh, eventually it, the prophecy came true and they, uh, <laughs> had a record and it's I, I agree it sounds amazing and like I think it's yeah it's got like some kind of like classic touchstones like even Neil Young and Over, stuff yeah. But, yeah. but yeah I think there's an individuality to it as well and right they're just like Dave jokingly uh, characterizes it that uh, Rachel is the uh, actually talented one and he's like kind of the obsessive or something <laughs> <laughs> but I think they have a really uh, good working relationship, and it comes through. Yeah, the playing's incredible. The songwriting's great. So, well, let's play a track from it. This is called "Obvious." Again, this is the band Surveillance. <laughs>
the world that's on a spin When the race ends it begins It's the game we never win
Joe, uh, you, you you had mentioned before that you had moved back to Montreal, and I'm just wondering if just the various bands that you have been in, which have been several, have all just been sort of specific to different cities that you're living in. Because if I'm not mistaken, we're, like the Protruders were a a Toronto band, and then there was a couple of others along the way. So I was. Have have the moves resulted in change of bands along the way over the years for you? Yeah, pretty much either me moving or my friends that I coaxed into playing music moving. How about you, Elaine? Is that is that like for you you were in the band uh Moss Lime and then that and then now you've kind of moved on to being just working as a as a solo artist uh, over the last yeah. I don't know, six or seven years. Um you know, had that band kind of run its course or were you just ready to move on and just work as a solo artist? Well, it was it was my first band ever that I played in. And then I had another band with friends here called uh, in Montreal called Fern, P-H-E-R-N. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I it was a time one of the band members was expecting a child and I didn't want to wait for everyone. Mm-hmm. And some people went back to school and I just started to play music uh, by myself, even though I didn't know how to play the guitar at the time. I just decided I did do when I could play it. And now I'm enjoying, because I'm enjoying, uh, but Joe, Joe plays in my band and the person I've had used, I used to play with in Fern, Ben Lalonde, plays in my current band too okay and and yeah but all it was all, all the time it was in montreal yeah 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 Never else, you know but, and, uh, people did move away i guess from yeah Muslim, yeah, or, yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know and looking at how the retail simps operate and maybe how you have recorded your solo albums elaine it seems like you both are really kind of open to to collaboration, maybe rather than just trying to create and maintain some sort of fixed entity. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but I mean, is that something that's important to you? Or are you just simply trying to just keep moving forward creatively, musically, and maybe just thinking... What what's practical? Who 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 is available to play at any given time? But there's there, it's for sure one of the reasons. But also for for, my, for what concerns me for my music, you know, since it's so minimal and simple, what I play, I, I also want the people who play in my band to keep being interested. So if it's only if they w- would only have two notes to play for an entire show, that would be really boring. So I kind of like, oh, if you want to. S- play something on this song so it's more it's more fun at the show rather than my composition but it's like very i don't know it's for and it's yeah it, i feel like it's oh, i don't know where i'm going with that but yeah I, uh, at some point this is what it, the reason why too that i wanted people to be involved in the mm-hmm. songs do you, do you, I mean, I'm, I know you have different people on, on your records with you, and you mentioned Joe's part of you. Do you maintain a pretty tight live unit? Do you play out often as a solo artist? Or it... no, not often, but it's always the, it's the same band for the last uh, three, four years. 
Yeah, there's been maybe one or two people in and out, but... Mais, and we... sometimes they back in and sometimes they... Well, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's mostly it's, we have four people always... Uh, four or five. Four or five, yeah. Okay. And that's kind With of... Three it's kind of the same thing. We just, but it's it it's way more about logistics than anything else. It's just like who's available and stuff, and you know, like um, we're pretty much a solid band at this point. Four just, or five. Yeah, I was just gonna people. say when you tour, sometimes it might be slightly different configurations, right? Is that kind of how it's been? Yeah, it's been a little wacky. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like it's been sometimes like one guy doesn't want to go and then like <laughs> one guy got sick like the morning of like when we were supposed to fly. So, yeah. And then the first time we did any kind of tour, it was like, well, because basically what happened was the first record we made was um, kind of not really a band. It was, it was just it was like know, two of you, right? That did it. Well, three. Well, there was four people, I guess. But like a saxophone player, a lead guitar player. And then me and my friend Thomas just mm -hmm. did everything else. Right. Then it like quickly kind of evolved into a band. But so for the first tour, um, the guy who put out the record, Richie, our friend, Rich, mm -hmm. he played drums. And uh, my friend, Emily, who lives in Vancouver, played bass. And that was, they agreed to do it. And they lived out there. And we had, so we only had to buy two plane tickets and, so logistics, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. But then now it's like a a band that we don't really practice, but we play the same band all the time. So sure. I don't think we would do something like that again because, you know. Do you do you think of it more as just a a recording project, or I mean, I mean, you've been playing quite a bit more though. I mean, you were here. No, this we thing. like playing live. It's really fun. Okay. Yeah, but we all have jobs in school and whatever, so right. right. We're just it's just like, you know, we have no delusions that we're gonna we're not gonna like ruin our lives to go tour in Europe or something. We've gotten multiple <laughs> offers to do that, but <laughs> <laughs> you've been down that road. You've I think if anybody's toured what for even a couple weeks at a time, you the reality sets in, right? Like eh. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny how many offers you get of people being like Oh, you should really come here, and then you're like, "Cool, like, so how are you, would you like pay for that?" And they're like, "Oh, like you'll probably lose money." <laughs> like, okay, well, I don't know if we can do that. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I, I want to get set up the next block of music here, and I'm going to start with Elena, the a track from your last full length record called Regulus, and. I, I thought maybe we could just talk a little bit about that, but if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if I can talk openly. Joe, you had, when we were back and forth with the email, I think you were mentioning this, like you, you're you working on a new record right now. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's almost, uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday was the last day of recording. Okay. So I hope, uh, I hope, uh, yeah, yeah, it's almost finished. I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah. It's and do you feel like uh this the new record that you have is is if we if we have to compare it to what i'm about to play here is there any major step in a new direction for you compared to regulus uh, 
Well, definitely patience. Uh, I learned patience, so and it's it's been helpful for making things sounds the way you want initially. Mm-hmm. It's good rather than just being just being like, oh, we gotta finish. We have to finish. We have, you know. I took my time this time, so it's closer to what I had I had in mind, and um, and I, there will be no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> but you said but you said you said there uh it's your last like one more recording session do i mean do you keep it a a kind of a a short window of time of how often you're going to record i mean this is not a home recording project you're stepping into a studio and actually recording in that setting yes and so uh i I started maybe a couple years ago to record Mm mm-hmm or half, uh, year a, and year half, or a year and a half ago yeah. and it's a matter of having everyone available that day the, uh, the studio available but you know it's like a lot of logistics yes and then the financial aspect too it's more expensive than recording in your basement or your friend's basement or right so yes <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's been really good. Basically, the answer to all your questions is logistics. <laughs> I, I, I was I was gonna say there seem this is like the reality of working at, on this sort of lo- the independent level or DIY musician is logistics, you know, money, time, real life, all these factors. But that's true. But yeah, those are like the kind of factors that like are self-editing. Like, you know what I mean? It's like they're not necessarily. Like you could look at them as barriers to making stuff, but mm-hmm. you could also just look at them as like guiding principles of like yeah. when's it time to make something or right, right. I don't, I don't find we I don't feel oppressed by no. all that stuff. No. Right, it's part of living too, part of just yeah. living and working as a creative person. Yeah. Well, let's let's play uh, this track from your record. It is called Rambling On. Just one sentence, it's 
Mystique.
jaws and chew the bud. I think they're good, I like a fountain. But first I double chew the cud. I went back out to the surface.
Well, I thought to, to finish up here, we'd just kind of talk about some of the future plans that you have going on with your various projects and, and the label and all that. We've kind of talked about uh, the uh, the forthcoming zine within the next two year. Check the box there, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we talked about uh, the record that you've recorded, Elaine. Um, so I thought maybe let's just talk about a few other things here that uh, that I've played and have come up. I mean, the retail simps, what do you have next? I mean, are you working on a new record for that? Are you still kind of riding out Cool Street? Uh, we we just finished, like, uh, recording, like, well, finished is not correct, but we just recorded, like, 20 songs. Mm-hmm. So probably going to do some, do a new record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe a couple other little things. And we're going to play in Portland and New York and Philadelphia in May, at the end oh, of May. Okay. That's that's on the opposite side of the country. Tell me about that. <laughs> that's yeah, not, that's well, not really... Speaking of logistics, touring logistics, that's a tricky one. But oh, suppose, I'm a master of touring logistics. <laughs> I suppose um, you're flying out of New York heading over exactly. okay gotcha yeah we drive down because it's it's pretty close and then it kind of make a uh, a weekend a long weekend out of it and just do a show on the east coast mm-hmm. fly for this fest that our friends putting on oh yeah and uh, and then fly back do another show come home only miss a couple of days of work perfect <laughs> yeah that is this is the total punks corporate retreat is that what you're speaking of yeah i i i I love this i mean what explain to me and i don't just the concept of it i think is hilarious where what what is the what is the gist behind it i I know this is not your thing but you're you're connected to it uh rich is a really funny guy yeah and um i think he just he'll seize any opportunity for a joke and I think that's probably one of the reasons we get along so well. Yeah. And often text about really stupid ideas. Yeah. And how great they are. Well, and these things so. have seeped into some of your material for the retail simps. Some of the videos and stuff that you've done have a, a similar yeah, spirit of that, right? And he's done some for us, too. Yeah, it's true. Basically, uh, our relationship is predicated on a bad punchlines. <laughs> You found your home then at Total Funk, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're also Joe. You're in a in a playing well, a few bands, but another record that just came out, I think, is worth mentioning is the Feeling Figures record that they just had come out on K Records, and maybe just give us a little bit of background on on you know who's behind that project and you know and your involvement in it. Um, I play bass, and it's a husband and wife duo, um, Zach and Kaylee, who write the songs. And we've been friends for a long time. Me and Zach have played in a bunch of bands together, including Retail Sims. Mm -hmm. Uh, He plays drums. And, yeah, they've been working on songs together for a long time. And even I've been jamming with them since I moved back to Montreal. But we, we met on the East Coast. And it's cool that it finally um, culminated in something with a slightly wider release. And mm-hmm. people seem to like it, which is nice. And we have another record in the can. 
Oh, nice. So expect that. And yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, Thomas, who is also in Retail Sims, is also the drummer in that band. Right, right. That's I was gonna say. I know there's some like crossover. And he drums in Helen's band too. Yeah. So it, and know. he re- he does a lot of the recording too for your various projects, right? Yeah, he's he's got a tape machine. Okay. And he's yeah he got into recording during the pandemic. I would say. Okay. That helps to have that kind of in-house person that can handle all that stuff right for the totally we're 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 so lucky because he's good at that kind of stuff our friend ben who plays guitar in helen's band is also good Mm -hmm. uh our our friends peter and caitlin have a studio called the bottle garden and it's incredible and we've done stuff there with Mm -hmm. our various bands we're surrounded by talented people yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well what what's what do you have um kind of in the pipeline for this year for for celluloid lunch the the label like what do you've got coming up well nothing really but we're like we're pretty we have a good uh rhythm in the sense that we're not uh, really keeping up with the joneses yeah they say we're just kind of doing things as as they come and we have a few well one thing that i'm happy to talk about is uh, chris burns who's kind of one of uh well he's in the retail simps and he's been in numerous bands over the years really talented guitar player and again same people involved me and zach play in his band along with our friend kate Mm -hmm. and um we're gonna do a record of his songs which is getting seems to be getting close to the finish line uh in terms of just gathering all the artwork and things so that's that's coming for sure okay and then we mentioned the comp and then a lot yeah so there's a few other bands that uh we're just kind of waiting on them to finish their stuff and just all agree on everything and you know it's nothing that we can really say much about because we might be lying because yeah. we don't really. <laughs> it's it's a it's a work in progress, right? Yeah. Well, you know, since we since you're talking about Montreal bands, uh, you had asked me who are some of the things that I are like bands that I like. I'm curious, like, what are some, if you can drop drop some names of friends oh, and projects that you're that you're into right now? Sure. Oh, but. Well. Uh, the band that I will, that will always be on the top of the list is uh, Free Love Fenner, our friends we talked to at the Bottle Garden Studio. Mm-hmm. They put a record la- a couple years ago on a Moon Records, a label from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, la- uh, it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really great. But actually, they were the ones who recorded my first band, Moslime, and. Uh, made it possible for us to have a tape release and uh but this is kind of because of them but i'm playing music now oh cool cool (laughs) i really like this uh current band called puffer okay they're really cool um gash rat oh yeah gash rat great montreal band and american devices i'll always bump them right who, who we should note you you have released stuff from American Devices, yeah. 
Yeah, we did the 45. Part, yeah. Um, who else do we want to... Oh my god, I'm so bad. I just read the 76 Phil of Fena. There are so many, so many There's more. so many so good ones, <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, uh, Skin Tone is cool. Okay. It's like a kind of free sax grunk. Okay. Yeah, really cool. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm really excited about this new band that I have only heard a demo from called, well, they might change their name, but currently called Dracula Dog. <laughs> really excited about them. Um, Jane Harms, Love Triangle. Yeah. It's a really good band. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, thanks, you guys, so much for taking the time yeah, to thank chat. You very much. And to wrap up the last part of the show, I'm going to play a mix of Montreal related music that Joe had selected for us. This includes some newer bands that he's interested in along with some obscurities like this one from a project quite ridiculous nonsense from the mid 80s this is a track called appropriate blocks Thank you. 
cheese and crackers anywhere. I said no. Oh, I don't like him. Oh, I don't like him. Oh, I don't like him.
And that's going to bring things to an end for this installment of the show. I'd like to thank Joe and Elaine once again for taking the time to chat with me. If you'd like to check out the complete playlist for this episode, you can go to our website at freeformfreakout.com. There are links that will bring you to each of the releases played, and in most cases, where you can purchase either physical or digital copies. I'd also encourage you to visit www.celluloidlunch.com directly, where you can check out the other titles that they have available. As always, I encourage you to support labels like Celluloid Lunch as much as you can. If you have any questions or comments, you can always get in touch with me at fffreakout at hotmail.com. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks with another new episode. Until then, thanks so much for listening. <laughs>